0: Welcome to the What Would You Know podcast. I am your host, Lily Heenan, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about, well, giving my advice on particular topics. And before I get into the topics, I do just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning. We will go into a topic of rape. If that's something that you can't listen to, I suggest maybe sitting this one out. But in today's episode, I'm going to be giving my advice, <laughs> I'm going to see how this goes, on feeling lost in your 20s, or just in life in general, hookup culture, and healing from sexual assault. But before we get into that, I also need to give a little disclaimer. I'm not a professional, and I'm just giving my personal opinion and advice on these topics. I put up a question box a while ago and then recently and got some questions sent in, so I picked the ones that I thought would be, I feel like a lot of people may be able to benefit from listening to this, but we will see how I go. I literally haven't recorded an episode in that long, well it feels like that long. I obviously did one recently about how to make friends as an adult, but then before that it probably was a few months I did my episode with Tyler. I've honestly just been so... I think I'm genuinely emotionally burnt out from uni and I feel like lately, well, in the past three months, there's been something happen in like every aspect of my life that I've like had to deal with, like just like little things, but on top of doing honours and having to deal with life in general while trying to look after myself, it's caught up to me and I just felt really guilty doing a podcast episode. Only because it genuinely takes me so long just to to record it, try and get notes for the episode, then edit it, then upload it, like hours, and then I just can feel really guilty because obviously I needed to put 110% of my time and effort into uni because I cannot fuck this year up. But I finished my classes last week and I am about to go into exam, period, but on top of not having classes, I was like, you know what? I listened to a TED Talk episode and they were giving advice on what the best students did with the best grades and it wasn't the people who just focused on uni. It was the people apparently that, one, did practice exams. That was one of their top tips on the best performing students. And before putting time into your calendar, for exam revision and exam prep they actually put things in for themselves first like gym hobbies friends and family like allowing themselves to have a life and something to look forward to and to reward themselves while going through their exam periods so that's exactly what I'm doing right now so obviously I'll do gratitude and my quote of the week before we get into today's episode so two things that have gone well for me in the past 24 hours. I just finished up. I've got a tutor now for statistics because you guys know how much I suck at that and how much I hate it. And that session went really well. We got a lot done. And last night I went out for dinner with my boyfriend. We had date night. So we went to a really nice restaurant. If you live in the Melbourne area, I do suggest trying out that restaurant. It was called Neptune Food and Wine. It was kind of like Italian. And we also made sure that we didn't take our phones. So we were really present. We left our phones in our car. So we had a really nice, cute little present dinner with each other. And one thing that I'm grateful for, I, this morning, I took my dog, Winston. He had surgery two weeks ago and he had his checkup today and he's all good and it all went well. Obviously, but I remember before the surgery happened, I was literally catastrophizing every possible negative scenario in my head. So I'm just genuinely grateful that the surgery went well, he's fine, all good, and everything that I thought would happen, example, telling myself that he's going to die, didn't happen. So I'm grateful that he is a-okay. Now, obviously giving you guys to reflect on two things that have gone well for you today or in the past 24 hours and one thing that you're genuinely grateful for, pause this and say three things that you're grateful for and then come back to the episode. So the quote of the week is, if you're not willing to question your entire belief system because your ego feels threatened, then your mind will remain a slave to the 3D consciousness of fear, lack, division, greed, competition, and limitation. Uncomfortable is temporary. Evolution is forever. Bam. Okay, I have five questions here for today's episode. Yeah, let's... <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. I haven't I haven't done this in a while. Again, I'm sorry for my microphone quality. Oh, that's one thing that I really need to... I really want to get a good microphone set up so it's better quality. I put up a story on... My Instagram. If you don't follow, go and follow What Would She Know podcast Instagram. And I added that anonymous question link. So I got questions in, and I obviously can't see who sent them, which I think is like good because it makes you guys feel more comfortable. Obviously, if I do this again, and if you want me to do this again, you can literally just message me randomly and I can um, save them for another episode. Or I might even put up like a little highlight section on my Instagram and add this link. So if something just like comes up randomly and you want me to answer in a future episode, you can probably just like jump straight onto that. So then I actually have it. So the first advice question is, I think I'm coming to realization that I'm only friends with a certain friendship group because we connect over drinking alcohol. Help. I feel like a lot of this have gone through or are going through it I've definitely gone through it and I think it's really hard but good on you for coming to the realization of you're only connecting to them because of alcohol like they literally like there's so many friendship groups out there that literally connect over alcohol but I think it's also like it's important that you're aware but it's also important to figure out if they are people you want in your life still, if you take away alcohol from the scene. So obviously you need to maybe figure out and go through and compare your traits and values and what they bring to you as friends. What are they like as friends without alcohol? And then maybe you could even let them know, maybe you still want to drink alcohol, but you feel like you only connect with them over alcohol. So that's, a, that's definitely a tricky one. But if you are finding yourself not wanting to be around alcohol, I think just let them know that you want to maybe take a step back from drinking and make plans that don't involve drinking with them. And then that's going to really determine whether they're people you want in your life. Because realistically, they're either going to crack the shits in some way and be like, Oh, that's bullshit. You know, come on, have fun. And. You know, probably call you a pussy. I feel like we've all done that. I've definitely called people pussies for not drinking when I hadn't gone through this growth. So I think it's important to yet yeah, tell them, try and make plans, and if they don't respond to that in a positive way, then I would say a hundred percent cut the friendship because why would you want people like that in your life? The second. Advice question is, struggling to heal from a rape, in bracket, guy best friend of six years and continue with a new relationship has been really hard. Any healing advice? This is so hard and I'm so sorry and mad that you had to go through this, but one, I'm so fucking proud of you for wanting to heal, like wanting to take those next steps Can be really hard and daunting. So be proud of yourself that you do want to go on a healing journey so you can try and move forward. But first thing, I think what you really need to do, if you haven't already, is build your support system. So if you don't already have like a good system, try and get a really good support system with friends and family and see a psychologist or anyone that will help you on your healing journey. And I think, on a note of the psychologist thing, you cannot go through this healing process alone, especially with something as traumatic as sexual assault. You really need someone that's going to help you through that. And I think a, a tip with the whole psychologist thing is if you've been to one or two or three or even many psychologists and you're finding that they're not helping or you're not connecting with them keep trying because it took me a while to figure out what psychologist was best for me before I found someone and finding the right psychologist for you and finding one that you feel like you can trust and connect with is kind of like friends. It may take you a while, it may only take you one shot, but my best piece of advice around that whole support system is keep trying because you cannot go through this alone. Depending on where you live, I recommend looking into psychedelic research. I'm not telling you to do it because, well, it's illegal in Australia, but look into it because, yeah, it might be illegal where you are, but the results that psychedelic research has for BTSD is incredible like just have a look in it look at it if you feel like maybe you'd be open to it or something you just want to learn a little bit more about i definitely look into that another really good ptsd type of therapy is emdr therapy i've just searched it so i don't fuck it up So, this has really good research around it and a lot of people have done it and find that it's actually been one of the best things for PTSD. So, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, a structured therapy that encourages the patient to briefly focus on the trauma memory while simultaneously experiencing bilateral stimulation, typically eye movements, which is associated with a reduction in the vividness and emotions associated with the trauma memory. Have a look into that as well and try and find maybe a psychologist who offers that as a therapy, that's really good. I would also look into stored trauma. So if this is something you've suppressed, you will a hundred percent be storing it in your body somewhere else. There's heaps of, I've seen heaps of videos on TikTok lately of people doing these bodily movements on how to get stored trauma out of their bodies and they'll like start crying or something. Cause like, especially for women, like, I don't know what you identify as, but as women, we tend to store it in our hips. And I've tried like the hip mo- hip movements to release so-called trauma, and it's it's really cool. Breath work is another one. You guys know I always vouch for that. Get into breath work, and if you haven't started your healing journey, obviously it sounds like you want to, but start incorporating a lot of healing practices like breath work, meditation, connect with your body and new relationships slowly, so that you can. Reassure yourself that you are safe and just start doing little things that allow you to feel safe in your body. So it can literally be as simple as sleeping naked or dancing in the mirror naked, take things slow with sex, communicate with your new partner, all of that stuff. And just allow yourself to feel and go through every single emotion. Don't bottle it up. Doesn't matter if you're crying every day or things come up, just allow yourself to feel it. And yeah, going back to the healing practices, journaling is another really good one. I definitely recommend journaling if you haven't already. But yeah, like at the end of the day, I think the number one tip for healing from something like that is like working with a professional. Please, if you haven't already, go and see someone, because that's probably going to be one of the major things that is going to help you move forward with this. Okay. Number three, how to not get attached to toxic guys who just want to root, want to be in a healthy relationship, but just doesn't seem possible at this stage anymore. I think coming back to the whole attachment thing, if you haven't already figured out what your attachment style is, there's like a lot of tests online that you can do for that because ultimately, getting attached to a toxic guy is way bigger than what it seems. Attraction to these types of people comes from within as like hard as that is to hear. Yeah, a- attraction to these people can come from within and is based off your core beliefs. That you've built around yourself or in childhood or from past toxic relationships. So I definitely think like doing inner child work around that and understanding why you keep attracting toxic guys. Like, is it the thrill of it? Is it because there's a core belief that I'm unlovable? Or was it because you grew up in a household where all you saw was your parents fight? Or did your dad bring home new women every weekend and was cheating on your mum. Like there sometimes can be like a bigger picture that we often aren't consciously aware of that is tied to our childhood and what we saw growing up. If that makes sense, I would definitely recommend looking into and becoming aware of why you are attracting these people. And then again, back to the attachment thing, like, look into your attachment style and once you've figured out like if it's like anxious avoiding or something, there's like a lot of healthy, helpful resources online that you can kind of like work with that. I think it's also really important to make it really clear from the start that you don't want a root and boot and that you're searching for more than that. So whether that's like on on dating apps or anything, like I know you're probably thinking, no, like I don't want to be clingy. Like you've just got to do it. If If you don't want to be with someone that just wants to, like, hook up with you and then fuck you off, I think making it clear from the start what you're searching for and what you are wanting to get out of this person is really important. But if, let's just say you do that and they say all the right things and then they end up being a fuckhead, well, then they're just a fuckwit and there's not really much that you can do about that because they've just, like, made you believe that they are someone that you're looking for. Next question. 20 and have no clue what I want to do with my life, let alone a career, feeling a lot of pressure. I feel you. (laughs) And if you didn't feel this, I would be worried because feeling like this is completely normal. I am sure probably every single person who listens to this episode will be able to relate to this feeling as well. Like we're all, all of us are going to go through This feeling at some stage in our lives. And I get it. People are getting jobs and having kids and traveling overseas and getting engaged and buying houses. And you're just sitting there like, what the fuck? I don't even know what I'm going to eat for breakfast, let alone like everyone's accomplishing all of these things. And I just feel so behind. I get it. But I think, especially in our 20s, we are in this period where we have gone from knowing what was happening we knew what the next thing was because from kindergarten it was preschool and then high school and our parents made all of the decisions for us and then we get to this age and we have to call the shots on our own life like no one else does it for us anymore we have to make those decisions and it can be so scary and you can feel so lost and lonely but Everyone is going in different directions. Friends change. Plans change. You now have responsibilities and this pressure of what the fuck do I do with my life? This is the time when we don't have anyone telling us what to do. We just compare our journey to others based on their highlight reels, especially Instagram. And I just want you to remember that there are no guidelines to what you're supposed to do or when you're supposed to do it. Don't aim to have your life figured out. Aim for different experiences and different relationships, romantic relationships, different friendships, try new things, fail at things, explore new places, and have the self-awareness of what is not for you. Like a bit of context, when I was living in my hometown, the main thing that people were doing... And I felt a lot of pressure was to buy a house and that's fucking incredible one that people want to do that because that's what they want to do. But that wasn't something that I intuitively wanted to do at 20 years old, but just being around that, I felt like the pressure, it was like, oh oh my God, everyone's buying a house. Is that like, do I need to do that? Like I literally remember in COVID, that's what like everyone seemed to be doing and I literally looked into, it. I was like, okay, all right, let's, let's like look into getting a house. And then the more I spoke about it and like, especially to family, cause my like whole family, it's pretty cool. Like my uncles and aunties and parents, they like were obviously born and raised in the hometown that I grew up in, but they went off and they traveled and they lived overseas and they tried new careers and they failed at them and they learned new things. And just like they didn't buy houses until they were a lot older and just speaking to them was kind of reassuring because it's like, you don't want to do that. Go and live and experience the world. You have your whole life to figure out what you want to do or what job you want to do or where you want to live. It's like, don't follow someone else. Don't make a decision based on what other people are doing and based on the highlight reel that people are portraying. And the comparing goes both ways, right? So the people that are buying the houses could also be sitting there going, well, fuck, am I supposed to be traveling or like, well, fuck, now that I've got a house, what does that mean for me? Like, am I supposed to be pushing out kids? No matter where you are or what you're doing or what stage you are in your life, or the things that you're working towards as goals, there are always going to be other people and other things that we go down this rabbit hole of trying to compare what we think we should be doing. So I guess understand that the comparison goes both ways and what you might be comparing other people are doing the exact same thing because there is no rule book of what is right and wrong. So yeah, don't, Don't follow what your friends and family and what the people around you are doing just because it feels comfortable. Step out of the passenger seat into the driver's seat and take charge of what feels best for you at the end of the day. I think if you feel lost, take a lot of time to reflect on what you really want or the next step you want to take. And that could literally be as small as applying for uni or getting ready to move out of home or getting a job so you can save to travel the world, or maybe you just want to start finding a hobby like painting or gardening. Or maybe you've just come out of a shitty long-term or short-term relationship and the only thing you're focusing on right now is staying at home surrounded by family so that you do get that support. And that's the only thing that you're focused right now is taking one step at a time and taking it day by day because you're going through and trying to deal with heartbreak or maybe you have always wanted to start a side hustle or maybe you just genuinely want to reconnect with some old friends or maybe you want to connect with new people like it doesn't have to be big we live in a generation where we have access to so many resources around us you could literally like this is I'm not saying you should go and start a business. I'm not saying that's what you should do with your life, but this is just an example. We literally have the resources at our fingertips for free on how to go and do something like start a fucking business. No one had that when our parents were our age. I think just start trying to do like a lot of research and incorporate and experience new things when you're feeling lost. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here but just remember you don't need to figure out what to do you just need to experience different experiences even if they are at rock bottom experiences because that's when you learn the most things so in summary if you are feeling lost aim for new experiences big or small positive and negative and don't aim for figuring out what you should be doing with your life okay one more question Trying to date in this generation when it's all about hookups and how to be okay with being alone. So this one kind of ties in from the one I spoke about before, but it's obviously got a second component to it as well. So I'll quickly touch on the first one again and then go into the second one. So hookup culture, what I'm seeing is becoming, and hearing from people, is becoming less and less so-called popular because people are realising that hookup culture actually makes them feel worse about themselves. As for the dating apps and trying to stay away from the hookup culture, again, like I said, jump in and ask them what they are on, like an app or wherever you meet them, what they are wanting out of you potentially. And if they turn around and say, I'm looking for a relationship, great. If they've said something like, I'm looking for someone, even though I've just come out of an eight-year relationship, goodbye. Say goodbye. Don't even bother. Do not waste your time with that. You are their rebound. And yeah, I think if you can get really clear on what you want, put aside the fact that you might be feeling clingy over the top. You're not. Just think of it this way. You are potentially allowing yourself to not waste time with this person, not get your feelings fucked around with just, yeah, there's like a lot of positives that will come out of having a conversation and getting clear straight away. And I think another big one with hookup culture is remember you aren't going to meet the love of your life sitting at home. So go out to different places and to places that interest you. So I feel like Maybe if you're like going out clubbing and drinking and you're trying to find someone there there the chances are they they're probably just looking for a hookup like a one night stand. I think maybe start going to like groups or things that you think or things that interest you that you might find someone else there that has the same interest in you as well. And most importantly, I think it's just really important to become aware and read the red flags before you dive any deeper in into any relationship. So the second part, how to be okay with being lonely, I think you have to realize that you are the only person at the end of the day who is genuinely going to be there for you for the rest of your life and everything that you seek from other people is you already have inside of you. And how you show up for yourself affects how you show up for others. And I know people are scared to be by themselves. I was for a very, very long time, but it's because we don't know how to be by ourselves and are genuinely scared to be. And I think a really important thing is to remember and remind yourself if you are scared to be by yourself is through isolation, you will reach elevation. And I think going back to baby steps on how to be okay with being alone is start taking yourself on a date night once a week, start a new hobby, take yourself to the park and read a book in nature, cook yourself dinner and watch a movie. I think little things like that, really important. And the more you do it, the more you'll start to understand, okay, I'm not that scary. And I actually do like being by myself and alone time is actually really important. And there also could be bigger issues at hand that make you scared to be alone, like just, just a lot of the thoughts or things that you've suppressed or traumas that you haven't addressed that you've just kept pushing down and down and down for so many years. I think that's when, like, well, we all should be starting or going through a healing journey and starting to do inner child work and start journaling and meditating and all of those practices that I talk about that will help you kind of navigate through the things that you've suppressed for so long and if you want like further i guess information and-, and advice on healing i did do an episode um a while ago i think it was called this is how to heal um, i talk a lot about healing and how to heal from things that you've suppressed or what to do when you don't even know where to start. So definitely listen to that if that's something that you are interested in. But that was the last question. I think if you guys follow my Instagram, I have like put up a few things that, like a few episodes that I am in the works of doing, like I'll be able to focus on, I've got two really cool guests um, willing to come on and talk about topics that I've been promising to do for ages, but I need to do that after exams. Cause like the guest stuff, um, can be like, there's more planning and communication and stuff involved, um, on breath work and your gut is your second brain. But yeah, if you guys follow my Instagram, you know that I've spoken about, I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD and that's definitely something that I will talk about as well and I want to tell you guys like the process of it and how I guess I'm feeling with it and just like I've been going through an identity fucking crisis with it honestly like I don't know know what to think um like just about it all but that's definitely something that I want to talk about and if you've been like if you have ADHD please feel free to message me on like anything that you've found to work, especially like natural um, alternatives or if you've found like the bigger, the bigger issue at core from like what's like showing up as your ADHD symptoms, please message me. Cause that's something like I've known for a while, but then like I always come back to, oh, well, is it, you know, just a dysregulated nervous system and, like conditioning from childhood and all of that, which I kind of like think that it is, but then also my ego is like, no, (laughs) you need a label on everything. So, yeah, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent and I will speak about that, but I guess like that's what I've also been dealing with at the moment is my little identity crisis related to that. One thing quickly, I know I spoke about it. Well, I think I spoke about it. I can't even remember, but I had... Um, Tyler come on a few episodes ago and he does like a lot of work with genetics and he works with this company called Self Decode. So what it does is it like I did like a DNA sample and they sent me the package of the DNA sample. Like I like paid for it myself, um, and then sent it back to I think they did it from from Canada or Germany. And then it took a couple of weeks and then what the results do based on your genes is it tells you what you're more likely to have based on your genes. Things like allergies and things like you're more likely to have arthritis or based on your genes like your body doesn't Is absorb the right word? I don't know, but absorb magnesium well, so it's better to supplement magnesium with this thing so that you are getting your um, proper source of magnesium rather than trying to find it through foods. And there was a lot of things that came back um, that I wasn't likely to have and then it kind of was like, oh, yeah, you're kind of like half in the half percentile. And then there were other things that were like 100% and one of them was PCOS. It was like based on your genes you are more likely to have PCOS, and I was like, like, it was just so accurate based on the things that I already knew I had, and then other things, like, it said that I'm allergic to, um, bell peppers, which in Australia are capsicums, I'm like, what the fuck, like, something that I wouldn't even know, like, I actually eat capsicums a lot of the time, Actu- they actually could be making me feel shit and lethargic in the long run. So that's something really interesting. i have still but also a part of, like, that genetic thing. It also has a lot of stuff to do with brain health. Like, literally every possible thing, uh, mental health, like illness and disease, um, chronic pain, personality. Like, it's so cool. And then in your results, you get a personalized medicine. So it's supplements and stuff Um, rather than... Cause like Tyler is very much like a root cause person. Um, we obviously spoke about it in our episode together, but yeah, they give you like a personalized medicine thing to take based on the things that come up based on your genetics that you're more likely to have to like help you through it and, um, manage and minimize the risk of developing it later or something. I got this, like, maybe a month ago, my results back, and you get a professional to work with you to go through your results and talk about it and talk about the things that you should be adding in your life to help manage the things that come up. I don't know. It's really, really fucking cool. Like I recommend that if anyone um, is interested in that stuff. It's called Self Decode, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, I, once I get on top of, like, working with someone because it was included, I'll obviously keep you guys updated on what they recommended. I might even do, like, a little post of, like, how it works on the website and some of the things that came up for me. So fucking random, but so cool. Because, um, yeah, like, at the end, I think Tyler was saying um, before he did all of this, I think it was almonds he like is a very healthy person but was someone who ate almonds um obviously because like almonds are really good for you but what he didn't know is that he was actually allergic to them and like he was waking up feeling really lethargic and low energy and stuff and plot twist he's allergic to almonds based on like testing for something like that so he took them out but things like that you just wouldn't ever realize like I think like gluten is a a thing that we hear a lot and dairy, but foods that you think th- that don't have an impact on people, like it could be having an impact on you. So that's kind of why I did the test because I was really interested. Um, but yeah, off fucking topic, uh, we are at the end of the episode if you're still here, thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. If you think it's helpful, share it to your stories and tag me or send it to anyone who you think may benefit from the episode. And it'll only take like a few moments of your time if you could go onto Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. I would seriously appreciate it so much. But obviously, only if you genuinely like listening to me. And remember, Nothing changes if nothing changes. Thanks, guys.